This is EdTech Weekly. In today's episode, we'll talk about how administrators and teachers feel about tech in their schools. We'll take a look at the inside of an elementary STEM class and spend some time worshiping maybe an amazing 10-year-old who has developed a pretty cool app and a new news service for the EdTech public sector, which I'm pretty excited about. But before we do that, Matt, this is the fourth week in a row, I believe, where we've recorded on Wednesday night, and the podcast is going to go out again. I think we should be very impressed with ourselves. Do you agree? Oh, no. I think that this is a really big milestone. I mean, for us to be able to get together and do this every single week has been awesome. Yeah, and this is show number 20. Did I detect a cat in the background? I believe I heard a cat. Probably. Awesome. Hey, we had a dog a couple weeks ago. We got to, you know, cats have to get their fair share. Well, I'll have a ferret. Oh, okay. Well, let's get started with the EdTech News of the Week. Our first story, an inside higher ed report claims that most faculty and admins believe student gains justify tech spending. They say that 63% of admins and 83% of technology administrators believe the money spent on technology was well spent. The 83% of tech administrators surprises me a little bit because I thought the number would be a little higher since a lot of them are sort of responsible for those purchases, but I guess not all of them. Uh, You can check out the numbers from the survey. Uh, It's broken down fairly extensively. My takeaway just from looking at it is that it seems like a mediocre 55% overall believe that technology is improving the outcomes at least somewhat. Uh, Matt, that's not exactly a ringing endorsement for tech in schools uh, by those who are actually providing it. Uh, no, when you like look through the whole survey, you see that, I mean, even they themselves do talk about, you know, the disparity between, you know, the different classes or different people that are involved in it. Um, you know, like full-time faculty members, you know, generally, you know, led to significant improvement, you know, they're more gun shy than you know part-time faculty tenured is even more you know gun shy than non-tenured and technology administrators are generally pretty happy about all of it um it sounds a lot like old guard versus new guard i wouldn't be surprised if uh, digging even further into that there's maybe a disparity between you know the types of education that's being or the types of educational products that are being used you know when we say tablet we automatically come to think of certain things in our mind and it creates bias so if a tablet to you is a higher-end Android or um, an iPad and, you know, the school deploys, you know, chintzy, you know, Omega 5, you know, tablets that nobody's ever heard of, gonna of course some, there's going to be We're going to get some hate, some issues with hate mail from the Omega 5 tablet producers, man. That's not cool. Yeah. I looked it up, man. They don't exist. And I just started that company and now I'm upset. Oh, man. And you started a, a bad company too, a poor performing one. That's not a good idea. Yeah, I, okay. I, I agree with you. I, but I kind of think that overall this survey is really just saying what I think we all know about education and technology in general. And that's that yeah, some people really think it's a great idea. Some people aren't so sure. Some people don't think it works at all. I mean, and, and technology itself is never going to be 100% bulletproof type gonna gonna work. It's gonna be the answer. It's just not that. It's just not the case. I mean, I, I think of when I used to work in a district around here that you know use smart boards, and that's like the end all be all. And you know, the boards themselves are not going to do anything, and, and it needs to be something that teachers can use to help students learn. And it has to sort of go with the, the pedagogy that you know helps student learn, which is, to me, active learning, which to me is, you know, actually creating things, and that's how they learn. 
if we're using technology to do that, I think it's going to work whether or not faculty or ed tech ad- administrators or anybody else believe that it is. That that type of stuff is going to work whether you use technology with it or not because that's just sound educational philosophy. But, yeah, I agree with you. It, it's not really 100% surprising you're going to have people that have been in education a long time that just don't believe in technology and just don't see it as something that's valuable. Well, and another part of the numbers I would argue is, you know, perhaps maybe more could be done to involve the faculty, you know, the teachers themselves on deployment and making maybe deployment for them a little bit more important and having a teacher-centric mentality on some level before deployments happen in the classroom. You know, you brought up smart boards and I think you and I have had several conversations about it, but smart boards aren't generally adopted by everyone because not every teacher understands how to fully you know, utilize that. So maybe a bigger portion of, you know, the funding that's going towards that should go to, you know, actually getting teachers to understand where there are opportunities. Yeah, I think it's a it's a really complicated system that I think you're right in terms of it has to be centered on the people who are going to be using it and using it to reach students that t- who are the teachers, of course. If you're just force feeding them something and then not training them and not helping them understand how to use it, you're just going to get a lot of pieces of technology in schools that aren't being used and aren't effective. So it's going to be a a losing battle. Our next story, a Lancaster online story, explains what an elementary STEM class looks like. When the students in this class are asked, what do scientists do? The answer that they come up with is an emphatic create, work, and try. Matt, this is not exactly the scientific method that I remember being drilled into uh, us throughout school. Uh, I think though this is maybe a little more friendly and it promotes more curiosity and maybe even the concept, dare I say it out loud, that failure is okay in this process? I think that's a part of science that is taught very, very early on that you can fail. Not, no, hang on. You as a student cannot fail, but science acknowledges failure and here it's turning it around and allowing the students themselves to partake in something and also fail and I think that's the difference from where we were taught and how these kids are being taught yeah I I don't feel like science was taught to me as as possibility I, I feel like it was taught here are formulas you need to learn and here are here's the scientific method and this I don't I don't I know we did experiments but I don't think it was ever like a discovery it was more like you're going through this and you have to answer these questions I maybe I just didn't get maybe my teachers were doing a great job and I just missed the boat on it that's possible too but I I think in general I feel like that trend especially with all the stem and all the science and technology and, and all the stuff that we've been talking about computer science being you know sort of featured I really think that to me, there is a there is a changing of the guard, as it were, to this more open experimentation. And I think in our next story, when we talk about a young kid that's developing apps, we hear that story a lot more now too. And I think science in general and technology in general is just shifting to the idea of you can do anything. You have the tools available. Just try and see what happens. Well, and now the barrier to entry isn't exactly like your aunt or uncle buying you, you know, a science set when you're, you know, 12 years old so you can do things in your own, you know, house. Now you can use a tablet, you can use a broken old laptop, and you can experiment with uh, 
you know, computer science and engineering or, you know, the hardware behind it to solve that problem, there's a lot more that can be fixed on, you know, in an engineering mathematical standpoint than there probably were 20 years ago. Yeah, and I, I remember that stuff. Yeah, I think you're right. And that story we did recently about like Google Camp, where you can just online go and, and participate in these type of experiments and see these things happen. It, it's just like we already know, and it seems silly to say, information is so much easier to access now the tools to create and make these things that can change the world these applications these programs are getting more and more easily accessible so yeah i mean it's just a general shift i think so i I, i'm excited about what that means for the future i'm excited about when these elementary school kids get to be in college or that age they probably won't even go to college because they're probably a track to you know get into a more specific you know, course of study where they're going to be out there programming and getting certificates or whatever, like we've mentioned before. It's pretty cool, though. Yeah, definitely. All right. Our next story, Matt, I think trumps it all. And I, I get so excited when I see stories like this. News OK reports that a young inventor created an app or is creating an app to help people with disabilities. Now, We've definitely been talking. I mean, clearly we had we interviewed Carla Kometz Morris, an accessibility expert, um, a couple shows ago, episode eighteen. Uh, you know, it feels like these stories are popping up more and more, and I think that's because awareness is just starting to really gain traction. And again, I think it's because of the technology tools that we have, because it's making it easier to create things that are accessible. So, the fact that we've had kids inventing things. And now we have accessibility. These two things have joined up kind of nicely in this story here. It's just so awesome to me that I'd like to spend a little bit more time on it than usual. But this is a 10-year-old who who has more business acumen maybe and common sense than perhaps 90% of adults, maybe more. Um, his name is Alexander Knoll. And his idea is for an app that allows people to learn about the accessibility available at a location before they arrive. So a lot of times, and it may not be something that I've dealt with or you've dealt with, Matt, but people a lot of times are, are either afraid or will not go places because they just don't know if there'll be accommodations, whether there's for wheelchairs or other things that they might need. So his idea is let's put this database together and create this app that allows people to see what or know what type of accessibility is available when they go somewhere. I mean, it's such a cool concept. And it's so impressive that a 10-year-old would even think these things, let alone follow through on them. And he's done some cool things like spending the last year just talking with those who need accessibility options and how can he help and what can he do. I mean, honestly, this kid could be my new hero if I have heroes. I mean, seriously. I don't know. Maybe you get him on a T-shirt. Maybe I should get him on a T-shirt. Yeah? I mean, he should start making no. his own T-shirts for sure. Uh, that would be a downgrade. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But, I mean, it's really, really cool because basically the kid's seeing, you know, what's going around in, in the world around him, finding out that there are solutions to everyday problems, finding out that, hey, we have a demographic of people that are finding it difficult to navigate when it comes to certain things, and what is something that 99.9% of Americans that have the ability to own a cell phone have, cell phones that are smartphones, how can we automatically get this information in their hands as quickly and as easily as possible and in the most you know, impressive way possible? 
and that's what he's doing, and it's phenomenal. Yeah, they they compared this in the article to Yelp. I, I feel like that's kind of an insult to his idea. I mean, not not to to say anything real negative against Yelp. I know that it's a hey, Yelp is suing someone right now. I hope it's not me. Nope, it's a uh, South Park, the creators of South Park. Oh well, hey, look, yeah. I guess I feel good about that then because I, I like that <laughs> show. So I'm, I, I guess I have some common ground with them. But I just I'm not really against Yelp. I just think that this this kid's idea is above and beyond just, you know, rating restaurants and just, I mean, I'd really like to know more. The article didn't have that much and I, I couldn't find too much more, you know, doing a little bit of research on it myself, but I'd really like to know what started his, you know, why he started going with this route. Like what made him do that? Like, it's just such a neat thing. And I, I'll tell you what, with the way our world is now, it's only going to get easier and easier for an idea to become a reality as these tools to create apps become more and more easily accessible to younger people. And I know he's not programming this app, but the people that can, there's so many more people and there's going to be so many more people that can because it's so much easier that, you know, these ideas are going to turn into some pretty cool things down the road. And this is just a great example, another great example of a young person who's got this idea that, you know what, I can change the world. I can make it a better place for some people. And it looks like he's on his way. I mean, he's he's going into Europe, I think, to, you know, at a conference to present these ideas. And he's got some backers that are already making sure that this is going to happen. It's pretty awesome stuff. No, and it shows you the power of the idea maker you know there's no steve jobs without steve wozniak there's also no success of steve wozniak without steve jobs so it's not one per- that's kind of an you know an under theme that we've had for a while um which has been you can't do it all and you know just like the girl who came up with the uh, thing in orlando and had steve wozniak you know talk on there she realized what she was good at and she got other people to help her. Yeah, that's the one where she did the so, uh, tutoring, the anonymous yeah. type tutoring. Yeah. It, yeah. It, so it's exciting because a lot of, you know, when you look at some of these things, like I know um, Sir Ken Robinson does a talk about how schools kill creativity and, and, and imagination, that kind of stuff. And that's a whole nother topic. But when you think about the fact that these young people, these 10 year olds, like they still have this creativity and this imagination in the way that technology is now, they're able to connect that to a real outcome in a way that never could have happened when we were students. I mean, you know, a ten, when we're a 10 year old, if we say something like that, people are like, shut up, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Now it's like, that's a great idea and we can do that. And, and that's like, again, so exciting to think about the ideas that young people can actually put into our world that can change things for people. And this is a great example. I mean, you know, imagine the database being built out a few years from now with this app and somebody who would have never wanted, even thought about going somewhere because they were too concerned that the accessibility options that they would need weren't there can find out, yes, they are there, so I can go. I mean, it's, it's such a – I can't even say enough. I know I'm saying it over and over, but it's just amazing. And I'm uh, kudos to this young kid. Well, and I think it also runs parallel in some ways to, you know, the lawsuit that happened in uh, Seattle. Without someone coming up with an application like this and proving that there are lots of people that need accessibility, um, it, you know, businesses will start 
you know, taking note of that and doing a lot more. The article talks about how the student at one point or the child at one point saw um, someone who had a disability and they were having difficulty getting inside of a store. I'm sorry, but, you know, we're, we're living in the 2010s. Um, so that all of a sudden, you know, made his mind think and seeing that we need to make this happen a lot faster for a lot of different places. Yeah, and I, I must know? have missed that in the article, Matt. I didn't see that, you know, when I was saying I was wondering what his inspiration was. But clearly observing what's going on in the world saying, hey, this this needs to change. We have to do something about that. And that's pretty freaking awesome. All right, Matt, we're to our final segment. This is going to be a tip of the day. We'll keep this one short and sweet. Um, I actually just found this today, so it's kind of a little new to me as well. Uh, I think it just was introduced today or yesterday. It's called edscoop.com. Um, it actually has a couple parent sites, and I'm struggling to f- remember what the name of those are now. But it's a uh, basically a government sort of news aggregator, and this one's going to be focused on ed tech in the public sector. It's going to have up-to-date ed tech news, and there's a EdScoop TV channel there as well. Just something to keep uh, your eyes out for. Keep I'm going to keep a, a look on it. Uh, hopefully it'll help me get some news, um, you know, a little bit easier. Right now I go to a couple different sites and do get it a couple different ways. So I'm hoping that this can sort of centralize some of the uh, news stories that we talk about. Um, I am curious to see how Current keeps the stories. I, I think it has a pretty good track record with some of the other. Um, now why I can't find those right now, Matt? Did you know what those other ones were that it started out with? Uh, no. Yeah, well, look, just go to the link, and you'll be able to see it there. I apologize. I It's eluding me, and I don't have it written in my notes. This website does aim to help education leaders keep ahead of the rapid technology changes impacting schools uh, and college campuses across America. Um, the leading, leading that editorial team is Kareen Lech. Um, who's been covering education for five years and educational technology at the national, state, and local level for FedScoop and StateScoop. Thank you. Those are the two I was looking for uh, since January. So um, it's interesting to see. I'll keep my eye on it, and I'll definitely keep you guys posted on that, but it should be a good place to go and to get some good ed tech news, which, believe it or not, there isn't really any places that are really good at just specifically doing ed tech news updates all the time. So it's pretty exciting. Uh I just looking through their Twitter feed, I would tell you to keep an eye on that. I mean, pretty big news. UF plans to end contract with Pearson for administering online degree programs. I mean, that's pretty big news. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like they've they've got stuff going on there. So definitely check it out again. That is edscoop.com. I'll put the link in the show notes as well. But um, we're definitely going to keep posted on that because uh, we might get some good articles and some good news stories to use in the show. Matt, we're done. It's been an exciting... It was episode 20. We made it further than we probably ever thought we would starting this. And we're almost 21. Does that mean we have to... Do we have to have drinks next show for show 21? Is that... Sparkling cider. Well, that's kind of a bummer. That's what responsible people have. Oh, what? Now now you like different types of beer? Well, listen. My job has taken me to breweries recently, and I have may have tried a few, and they were yummy. So I'm, I'm excited about it. How many of them ended with the word bubblegum in them? Okay, enough. <laughs> All right, Matt. We will see you and at least two or three of our listeners next week on EdTech Weekly. <laughs>